the Trump administration buried a serious water contamination study. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The White House and the EPA have blocked the publication of a health study done about a chemical that endangers human health. Politico reports that new research from Health and Human Services was to be released in January. The report says that it's dangerous for some people to be exposed to PFOS and PFOA at levels one-sixth of what's considered safe. The substances were used in firefighting foam. According to a recently discovered email, the administration held up the report because it would cause a public relations nightmare and that the impact to the EPA and Defense Department would be extremely painful. Already, more than 125 military bases have been identified where nearby water supplies exceed the current safety guidelines. The study will likely show that the cost of cleanup could increase dramatically. The chief of staff of the EPA told Politico that publication of the new study is being coordinated with the EPA and the Pentagon, saying that it is important for the government to speak with a single voice on such a serious issue. However, that explanation for keeping safety information from the public is not sitting well with many. Senator Maggie Hassan, Democrat of New Hampshire, called on the administration to release the study immediately and that keeping the information from the public threatens safety across the country. And a former EPA staffer said the emails show a brazenly political response to the contamination crisis. The newly confirmed administrator of NASA has changed his mind about humans and global warming. He told the agency's employees that he now believes human beings are contributing in a major way to climate change. Jim Bridenstine was a representative from Oklahoma when in 2013, on the floor of the House, he said the Earth's temperature had not risen in 10 years. He said then-President Obama should apologize to Oklahomans for wasting money to study global warming instead of tornadoes. In November last year, he acknowledged that humans contribute to climate change, but he didn't know how much. Now that he heads NASA, which spends almost $2 billion on Earth science and funds climate research, his views have evolved. But the thoughts of some current House Republicans have not changed as much as those of Bridenstein. Last week at a hearing of the House Science and Space Technology Committee, Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama said that erosion, such as the white cliffs of Dover tumbling into the sea, is contributing to sea level rise. A witness before the committee, Philip Duffy of the Woods Hole Research Center, said the effect of such erosion was minuscule. According to E&E News, Duffy told the committee that if we let the planet warm two or three degrees, there will be tens of meters of sea level rise, and even the community where he lives will cease to exist. Greenhouse gases have been released into the atmosphere since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, but the ancient Greeks and Romans polluted too. New research provides a year-by-year analysis for almost two millennia of contamination, 1,100 years before the start of the Common Era. A report was published last week in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences by experts in history, economics, and archaeology from Oxford and the Desert Research Institute. They looked at a 1,400-foot-long ice sample from Greenland and documented the layers just as one looks at tree rings. Both the Greeks and the Romans mined and smelted ores to produce silver which released lead. The emissions went up into the atmosphere and were carried thousands of miles, some eventually settling on the ice in Greenland. 
Snow and ice covered the pollutants each year, allowing the researchers to look back to see the ebbs and flows of industrial activity. The lead emissions can be an indicator of economic activity, from which the researchers could infer periods of expansion and retraction and even plagues. For instance, the ice shows that pollution began to rise around 900 BC when Phoenicians expanded their trading. After that, the Romans and Carthaginians increased their mining, which matches the ice core data. The highest levels of pollution occurred during the Pax Romana in the 1st and 2nd centuries. The ice showed that the falling pollution rates correlate with periods of plague, including that in about the 2nd century. And finally, the Volvo Ocean Race is one of the most challenging sporting events on the planet. Sailors endure extreme weather and several days at sea as they compete in the nine-month round-the-world contest. They live off freeze-dried food and can experience temperature swings from 20 to well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, and they also can only take one change of clothes. No wonder one of its sponsors, HCL Technologies, called it the Everest of racing. But in this this year's contest, participants could be taking on an even greater challenge, a race against time to save our oceans from plastics. Although the teams are competing against each other, they're also working together to test the water for pollution, minimize their environmental footprint, and educate about the need to protect our seas. According to the Associated Press, the boats are contributing to research by dropping buoys on each leg to provide scientists with data on current, temperature, carbon dioxide, salinity, algae content, and acidity of the water. This helps collect data from some of the most desolate places on Earth. The boats run on wind power, of course, but once in port, engines use biodiesel. After docking, they walk the talk. Sailors stay in nearby hotels so they can walk or ride bicycles back to their boats. And if there's some downtime in town, plastic straws, water bottles, and coffee cup lids are a no-no. Heck, even one team's sunglasses are made from recycled fish nets. While in port, they use their time to educate. They invite students to visit the race village and take part in sustainability workshops. The kids learn that they can make a difference by taking small steps like avoiding straws. If you want to track the race, which is about to leave Newport, Rhode Island for Cardiff in the UK, follow the hashtag TurnTheTide on plastic. You can also follow us on Twitter at H2OTracker. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, bringing together the best and brightest minds in the water sector at ACE 18. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 18. <laughs>